Welcome to The Broken Sabre Reads, The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson, where this week we'll be recapping chapters 9 and 10. So, so we're back again. We are. For another little uh, reading review thing. Yeah. So... Chapters, chapter nine. Shall I read you a little summary? Yeah, yeah, go for yeah. it. So it was, a, before, it was a bit of a monster podcast last week, wasn't it? It was. Um, I don't think this one's going to be very long at all. Okay. Um, and I'm happy to say that because, like, uh, you know, on the podcast, because I just, I don't know, I've got a very funny feeling it's going to be a bit of a short one this week. Okay, but well, we'll see. We never let's know. Find out. It, it might, might be, there might be a hidden ransom. Yeah, we might ramble on a bit. But, um, okay, so... Vin and Kelsey are spar in a training match, playing cat and mouse. Vin returns to the estate and gets a haircut. During the haircut, Sazed tells Vin about another of his religions, Trelegism. This is the fifth he has pitched to her. When questioned, he admits to knowing about 562 more. Vin is also quizzed over her noble cover. Kelsia and Sazed talk in private about Vin's progress, with Kelsia eventually declaring that Vin will be attending a ball held by Lord Venture at the end of the week. So that's the recap of chapter nine. So what were your overall sort of thoughts just before we go into like details? Um, so it was kind of like what I was expecting in the sense there's been a time jump. Um, mm. So I think this was a chapter of two halves for me. Mm. Or The first quarter or third was good. Second part was a bit of a dud. Yeah. Um, I just kind of... I don't know, I think after we sort of got built up to the conclusion of part one, and I guess, you know, it has to start again, mm. but I just, yeah, the the whole haircut thing, I just felt like this chapter just wasn't necessary. To me, this was the worst chapter so far, Yeah, I thought. Um, like you say, the, the beginning sort of intrigued me, because it was, you know, we see her doing all this stuff. The we, fight was cool. Yeah, you sort of realised, like, I think they said a month had passed since yeah. whatever. So, yeah, obviously there's been a bit of a time jump. She's learnt a few things. Um, and all of a sudden it just got really weird and yeah. just unnecessary. Like, I agree, as soon as it got to the haircut bit, I was sort of like, why? But I didn't... Do I, we need this many details? I don't no, know. I mean, it just kind of feels like she has a haircut and they're just making her look like a lady but it just doesn't really seem to be like the subject of an entire chapter in the book no I mean the first part I just thought was great like just showing the potential of what a battle between two of these people Mm. would be like and the way they're pushing and pulling the way they're distracting each other with the sources of metal Mm. um, particularly the bit where they're pushing against each other yes and she's holding her own against him I think there's like a coin in the middle of them or something, wasn't there? There was something in the middle. Yeah. And they were both sort of pushing against, and then I think eventually she gets thrown off, but he, she managed to... Well, doesn't she get hop- pushed back against a tree? Yeah. And then, and then the, she literally rolls. the whole tree snaps Yeah, she in rolls half. along the cobbles or something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's <clears> almost like... Do you know, it kind of... I know we referenced Star Wars quite a bit with this, but it did feel almost very Jedi-y with the pushing. Do you know, yeah. you could almost see that bit in... Um, Last Jedi. Well, no, I was thinking Revenge of the Sith, but yeah, Last Jedi. When Last Jedi pushed, with the when, pulling. Yeah, that's what it sort of reminded but me of a bit. For me, it reminded me of uh, Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi-Wan both force push each other at the same time and they both like struggle yeah, and then bang, point. they mm. both get forced apart by it. Mm. That's kind of the sort of image I had in my head. And yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, you know, I I realised very early that it was Kelsia that she was against. Yeah, it's almost it's it, tried to seem like a bit of a reveal. It did. I, I don't know why, because obviously, like he was. I think you can tell he was writing it to sort of disguise it a bit, but. It was just a bit obvious. Yeah. I don't know why it just was. I mean, it could have been a time jump like five years later. So it mm. could have been, mm. but it just didn't really seem to make sense that it would be that. Or a year later, you know, like the plan's going to take a year. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, it shows how much potential she's got. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, you can tell that she's clearly very, uh, very powerful. So what do we think of her abilities after like a month, essentially? Well, she's very, a bit, well, I say OP, but... She's very strong, you mm. know, like just hearing what she was able to do. You think, God, that's only four months, four mm. weeks training. Mm. You know, it's like someone who's been practicing for years, and uh, which I think Kelsey acknowledges at the end of the chapter when he's talking. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because he thinks, well, I've got it here that he thinks she needs more time to train with her powers. Um, and I think there's sort of a bit where she's like, oh, God, like he needs to let me train with the others yeah. sort of thing so I can learn more specific abilities and which yeah kind of makes sense because he's sort of well quite well versed in all of them yeah. but he's not a master in any of them really he knows how to do them all yeah whereas if she wants to be fully immersed in one she's got to be trained by someone who's can only do that thing yeah that's sort, of, sort, sort of thing yeah I think this is the revelation she has I think in the next chapter where she realises um after spending time um, doing the soothing, that mm. he, you know, when Kelsey has soothed her, she knew, noticed it. It was very big. Yeah. But the, the, the way that the other guy was doing it was so subtle. Yeah, I, I noted that as well. Realizes yeah, that subtle. she has to, you know, they are they have only one power and they've spent their entire lives exactly. mastering it. And also the other thing, we don't actually know how because am I right in saying that Kelsey only became a misting or a misborn after he went in the pits. I think that's what we're led to assume at the moment. I can't, to be honest with you, off the top of my head, I don't know if that, that was, changes or not, but no. that's what we're told. Yeah, I that's kind of how I felt was that mm. he either he had one power when he went into the pits, or you know, but he mm. came out with them all. So we don't even know how long he's been able to train. It's obviously mm. not a huge amount of time. Mm. I mean, it's only a couple of years in my head that since that happened to him. So I'm just trying to think because isn't he? Oh god, I can't even remember. Wasn't it didn't it say that he was in like he's like really old or something, but we don't Oh is isn't he? he? I, I can't remember. I thought in an earlier one that it said that he was like some ridiculous age. Oh right. And he'd been tra- like maybe not, I might be completely no, wrong. No, well I might be wrong, I might have just missed that, but I sort of I'm not sure. him as a slightly I might be then. thinking of someone else, but okay. who knows. But yeah, so but I think, you know, regardless of all that, mm. she's picking it up very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, she's clearly very strong with the pushing and the pulling. Yeah, <laughs> the pushing and the pulling. <laughs> and flinging herself around. And, yeah. But, I, I, you know, I just, you know, this is where I think his writing's really good because as I think you pointed out in the last chapter, when he sort of dawdles, he meanders around detail mm. of, to what's going on. You know, I'm burning such and such, I'm doing this. But when he's writing this sort of fast-paced kind of battle... Yeah. He hasn't got the time to say as much. I mean, yes, no. he goes, oh, she fled pewter and blah, blah, mm. blah. She used steel and push. But you know when he's sort of got into a rhythm yeah. of it and you, you find yourself actually reading it quicker because yeah, exactly. there's just less crap to worry about. Yeah, sort of thing. it really does um, push mm. through. 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of. I, I almost feel like you know we're nine chapters in. We're quite a sizable way into this book now, mm-hmm. and you know it's almost like he just chucks us a bit of action to keep us going. Yeah, because it's very much conversational at the moment, mm. and I am kind of ready for it to move on plot wise. Yeah, definitely. But I know obviously at you know the start of it, we had a lot of like pushing, pulling, flying around, doing all this sort of stuff. And to be honest, I mean. I don't know what you want to do, whether you want to go into that in much detail, like because we we sort of know how it works. Yeah, no, I think we've we've seen it. We know it's cool and and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to go into massive detail about that. But what I did find quite interesting, like later on in the chapter, is the whole bit about the religions. Yeah. So the fact that like there's 526 of them, which just seems like an absolute absurd amount, <laughs> and the whole thing of like Sazed trying to almost trying to force. It doesn't even matter what religion it is. He's just trying to get something yeah. that she can go, oh yeah, that sounds good. I'll believe in that. But to what end? Yeah. Like, why is he doing it? So, and it just sort of intrigued me a little bit. Yeah, it, it, I, I put that this was the best bit about the chapter, mm. actually, was we learn about the Keepers. And you know, they're sort of these protectors of the knowledge of religions from before the final empire. Yeah. So you know, the Lord, prote- Lord Ruler has set himself up as a god was the sliver of yeah. infinity, mm-hmm. they call it, um, which is really interesting. But, you know, it's almost like, yeah, so someone's come in and said, well, no, this is your religion now. So these people have guarded the the knowledge that was yeah. of before. So it's a really interesting concept. And actually, you know, they talk a lot, I think in the next chapter more so, about how... Um, these people, you know, the Lord Ruler fears them. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like harking back to what you said in the previous chapter, like that Vin doesn't know that a tree should be green. Yeah. And it's actually, it's that knowledge of what the world was like Mm. and that the fact that life could be different is what is going to win the rebellion. Yeah. People. And that's inevitably what's going to take, you know, to be the the fall of the Lord Ruler, Mm. you know, in my mind anyway, that's a potential way it could happen. Um, so yeah, so I think that's why these people are very dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, a lot of religions, a lot to remember. It is, it is a lot to remember. And I think, like, getting ahead of myself a bit, but I think in the ne- next chapter, he also brings up some sort of other religion, where I think he's talking to Kelsia maybe, or someone. Yeah. And he's going, like, really in-depth about this other one. I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. Why, like, I don't know. It's, it's, but, I'd, I'd like it, don't get me wrong. But no, yeah, I'm there's like, nothing- what are they you know what's he sort of setting up here sort of thing yeah it's just interesting in the real world setting like any religion when you try and bear them down to like a couple of sentences Mm. they all sound weird oh yeah definitely I mean you talk about Christianity Mm. like about okay well there's you know there's a god and then God sent his son but then his son was killed but Mm. then he came back and Mm. you know you're just like well you know you sort of take it for granted in a western society that that's how it is but actually Mm. when you try and tell it the way that he was describing those other religions you sort of think oh god that's really quite odd yeah um just a bit yeah it's um like you said sorry that that was the most the sort of best part of the chapter for me it just gives you a bit more sort of intrigue again yeah Um, i I like the character it's an interesting character yeah you sort of get the impression that it's almost like i don't know whether servitude is just part of their thing but Mm. actually i think he's a very powerful person. Hmm, interesting. Very yeah, interesting, interesting, Mr. Bond. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But um, you might be onto something. Um, 
so yeah, so any any other sort of bits you want to say about that? Or <sighs> just it was a bit of a crap chapter. Else? Yeah. The only other thing I've got is when at the end Kelsey and Sazed are speaking about Vin's training. Um, and he asks Sazed if she's ready and he's not sure. No. Um Sazed tells Kelsey to send Vin with some of the other mistings like Breeze. Kelsey thinks she needs more time to train with her powers, and Sazed promises Kelsey that he'll protect Vin with his life. And essentially I think that was um the end of the end of that chapter. Yeah. So it's kind of decent ending sort of setting up yeah, giving is, us an idea of where it's going it is moving on I mean I think yeah. actually what this chapter also did which was quite good was sort of talk a bit more about the character of Vin and mm. actually yeah so why is there this uncertainty from say Zed that she's ready and she, you know it's almost like she's really good at the theory like she knows the answers to all the questions she's got yeah. all the knowledge yeah. in her head but is she going to be able to apply it in it's, a practical yeah, way? Yeah, being able to put it into practice when you're actually like being chased by someone, or yeah, or you if know. you're, you know, in this instance, you're going to be in a ballroom with mm. a bunch of noble people, and they say, "Oh, oh, tell us about your family." Oh, my father was such and such. That's and he's a the good, cousin of. Do you know Lord what? Dada. I actually forgot that she had to do the, all that sort of stuff as well, and mm. sort of come across as this like noble, yeah, it's um, got to be woman to infiltrate this thing. Um, so yeah that's a whole other layer of shit she's got but it's almost like with us like you know we do our thing and are really comfortable doing it but if suddenly you had to go out for drinks with you know like I don't know go to the Rotary Club or something like that (laughs) you're going to be like what uh, is this uh, I don't know what to say I don't know what to do and that's you know this is ten times worse than that you know she's growing up on the streets mm. and now she's going to be with all these literally the complete opposite sort yeah, of people all these yeah. people who, and she's you know infiltrating them she's trying to take them down mm. um, so yeah it was it was alright like I say it just it didn't make much sense this chapter it was just a yeah, bit all was, over the place it was but a, there was some cool stuff in there it was a strange opening to a new part I yeah thought. absolutely um, but there were some good bits but overall probably my least favourite chapter so far yeah. Um, not that it was terrible. I mean, far from it, but it just wasn't as good as the others. No, that's I it. I, but this is the thing. Like, I think he set a very high standard mm. um, with the start of this book. Yeah. And anything that's below that is going to stand out. That's I just it. think that this whole middle part with the, you know, the sort of the scar tutting around her messy hair and all that is just a bit, I don't know, a bit Disney princessy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was that chapter. So. Um, we will move on to chapter 10. Okay, so chapter 10. Vin returns to Lutherdale to learn about other metals from the mistings in the crew, starting with Breeze. Um, Hammond comes in and debates the morality of overthrowing the final empire as they wait for Kelsey to give a speech. Uh, during the speech, Breeze and his soothers and rioters manipulate the crowd to be more receptive to the speech. Now, there is more um, on the summary, but I'm not going to read the whole lot because that's basically the main sort of gist of the chapter, I'd say. Yep. Um, all the other stuff, I suppose, we'll just go over. We'll cover it as we with get our to notes. It. So that's kind of the point of the chapter. They're all sort of meeting to um, recruit some more Scar workers to their... Yeah, little rebellion type thing. Um, I believe they need ten thousand, was it? People, it was and they've currently got 
20 or some ridiculous amount or something like that? Well, I think they're, they're recruiting 20 at 20 each at meeting. 20 at a time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so out of all of them, they're generally getting yeah. about 20 or 30 people each time, so I'm it's going like, to take them holy a shit. long time. Yeah, this is going to take some time. Um, okay, so all sorts of starts off. Vin uh, meets Breeze in, I believe it was a tavern or an inn or... I don't it's know how a soup it was kitchen. It was a soup kitchen, was it? Yeah, so I must have completely missed that. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it's. I think they explain at the start, and this is where this is where he is good with his explanations mm. and sort of saying that, you know, the minor lords don't have to. You know, they basically pay somebody else to feed their scar, so they have little tokens so they can go and get some soup. Mm. And it's, she's got a slightly different token, so as she walks in, she hands it over, and they sort of nudge for her to go into the other room. I completely missed all of that. <laughs> Not going to lie. I didn't note that down at all. Um, um, but there we go. But okay, yeah. so it's a soup kitchen, essentially. Yeah. Um, so we can sort of understand why they're targeting these places now. Yeah. Um, because that's where the Scar are going to be. That's to it. So get they can, food and and also, it's a place where they can hold a meeting of Scar without yeah. drawing attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked when she's sort of moving through the... Um, through the town at the start and sort of avoiding the gangs of like I can't remember the term like inqu- not inquisitors but like the the militia like moving through yeah and just yeah you know ducking out and trying to sort of blend in with the scar that was cool mm. yeah so there's a little bit of that and then she sort of arrives at this um, soup kitchen <laughs> um, meets with Breeze and they I have a like bit of, Breeze I do they have a bit of a overly long conversation about manipulating people yeah. and how everyone that manipulates people, whether they know they're doing it or not, but soothers are aware of yeah. the fact sort of thing. Sort of like, okay, yeah, like I can sort of to, see that. Yeah, but that's almost like trying to justify the point I made however many episodes ago that this is really morally dodgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially like the bit where, I mean, I'm getting, I am getting a bit ahead of myself, but I'm just saying it as we're sort of going through it. The bit where they're sort of Obviously, they're trying to manipulate all these these scar, and he's sending in these women who are dressed in like different coloured dresses to target different people, different emotions, and different emo- And I'm just like, this is fucked. Like, this is fucking so fucked up. In what but, way? I don't know. I just found it all a bit like. I, I didn't really have anything wrong with it. It was just sort of Did the you- level of manipulation, yeah. and like scheming, going on. Did you find that to be too much explanation? I thought you mm, might. Not really, because it, okay. was, it was sort of like, he sent in one in a blue dress because of such and such, and then that was it, and then they sort of did it. Yeah. And it was like, next, he needed to do this. So he sent in one with a red dress, and I was like, okay. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. I, it was interesting how they did it, and I, do I need to know how they did it? Not necessarily. That's the my mm. thoughts. But do you know what? The only thing is, I think... It's written to be really subtle, but if you can, you imagine like you're sat in a restaurant and someone's like suddenly they walk in with a red dress and they're yeah. like filling you up, and then two minutes later someone walks in with a green and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> Your uniform's very weird. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't think it was as subtle as it's supposed to be. No, but, but I suppose if they if they're just sort of poor like slave peasant type people who literally just want to eat. They probably don't really care about that. I well, guess. probably not. But I just, I just but, have, the, I like jokingly because I appreciate it's not this. But I just have this image of they're all covered in ash, and suddenly someone walks in in like a perfect red dress, <laughs> not apparently standing out at yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> Show it off. Yeah, but I'm sure it is much more <clears throat> subtle than that. But it just, I mean, it was, it was very clever, and I think that's what I liked about it is 
again, I remember when you we were around your house and you first spoke about this book series having an incredible mm. magic system. This whole idea of push, you know, opposites doing the same thing, and we've kind of got that with the uh, the pushing and pulling of metal because if you push something that's bigger, heavier than you, and if you push something that's lighter than you, yeah. you're going to get opposite mm-hmm. actions. Same with this, you know, you've got soothing emotions, but you can achieve the same thing by raising another emotion. And yeah. It's about balancing it. Very, very clever. I must admit, because I think was it rioting or something or rioting? Rioting is, is when you boost. Yeah, I completely forgot that that was even a thing. Mm. And but like you just said, everything sort of has an opposite reaction in this so it sort of makes sense um but that's just a whole other level of like manipulation again sort of thing yeah we get this whole sort of chat about who's manipulating who and whatnot vin burns copper to shield herself from manipulation from breeze so let me get this straight didn't she say that his soothing was a lot more subtle yeah than Whoever, so obviously she still knew he was doing it. But or did he tell her he was doing? Well, I think. Well, the reason they're there is so he, so he could teach. Her. Yeah, I suppose. But I think because she's been the victim of it. If you remember, when the first time in Canaan's hideout, um, she suddenly finds herself bringing him wine, mm, and she's yes. like, "Oh, hang on, why am I doing that?" And it's because she's he's soothed her, mm. and I think she, you know, this is Vin, who's not the most trusting of people. No. She's coming to a guy who's going to train her how to manipulate emotions. The last thing she's going to want is for her emotions to be manipulated. Mm. Um, but she does try it at the end, doesn't she? She turns off her copper, yes, so that she can, and she feels it straight away. Mm. Um, but what I thought was interesting, you know, and again, how he's just building this up so it all makes sense. Like, so she used the detect magic. I can't remember what metal it is, but she burned whatever she had to mm. to detect it, but she couldn't, and that's because she's got that. They've got that kid at the back who's the smoker, who's doing oh, everything yes. he's hiding the alamancy from anybody. Yes, very yeah. clever. That's the thing. There's so many layers to this. Exactly. Like you can't just get away with doing one thing because there's there's gonna be something that's gonna fuck your plans up. Yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, we get all that sort of stuff going on. Um, Ham shows up. And he questions whether taking over the final empire is good or bad. So I think sort of getting into your neck of the woods where, you know, you're like, is the Lord Ruler all that bad? Is he a good guy? Like, we don't really know that much. So this sort of raises a question not only to the characters, but to us reading it. And we're going, hmm. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, is it bad? How do we, we don't know? we don't know what it was like before. No. We can't. Unlike I say, I, I'm a hundred percent certain that Kelsier is not a villain, mm. but you can't take it for granted. And I think that regardless of what you say, they're still terrorists, and one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist. Yeah, I don't think it's as black and white, particularly when they are using techniques such as this to manipulate... You know, these people are probably going to die that join them. They mm. all think... None of them think it's going to succeed. No. So if they're manipulating people to join their cause, they're choosing to do that knowing they're probably going to die. Yeah. Kelsier in the previous chapter, to, you know, chapter eight, basically says... Um, or is it this chapter? I can't remember. But he basically says that... Um, Vin's probably going to end up being executed. Mm. I think it might be this chapter, actually. Mm. But you said, well, you're going to do it anyway. He was like, well, yeah. It's kind of like the old, um, you got, 
What is it? you got to crack a few eggs if you want to make an omelette sort of well, thing. Well, yeah, gosh. Which, yeah. It, it's it's true. Like but he's got no qualms about sacrificing no. his people. So, is he a good person? According to Sal. Mm. Sazed, Sazar, whatever his name is, he is. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Mm. Um, and because, I think you're right, Kelsey makes a speech, a very impassioned speech to the crowd. Yeah. He does, and then he sort of gets up and shows him his scars. Do you want to know how I got my scars? scars. <laughs> um, he sort of does all that sort of business, um, and then he goes on to tell them that the Lord Ruler can't kill him. Yeah. Which is interesting. Very interesting. Sounds mm. like bollocks. Don't th- yeah, I don't think he actually elaborated on that, but no, no, well, it did stick out to me a little bit. Um, going back to the start, I don't know whether you noticed this, but it did make me laugh. It's kind of like, Kelsia stands up to make a speech, and then we get a big, long conversation between Breeze and yeah. Vin. I've just got this image in my head of Kelsey just stood there in front of the crowd, not saying a word, mm. whilst this conversation It's kind of like place. on a sitcom or something, where you've got like one person doing something in one like area of the room, and you've got someone over there. But everything they're doing is connected. Everything they're doing... Is part of the same gag, but one of them has to wait yeah, until the other one's finished before. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, know I can't what explain mean. it, but I know what. Well, it's basically it's this because yeah. like the speech, you know, we don't come back to Kelsey's speech halfway through. Or no. I certainly didn't feel like we came back to it halfway through because it basically starts with "You all know who I am." I think. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a bit of a. So have you sort of got a picture of him standing there with his arms folded with a pipe in his mouth? Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> hurry up! <laughs> Everybody sort of staring at him, going, "Ooh." Mm. You know, it's almost like he's done that motivational thing, like silence is good in a speech. And he's just then stood for five minutes yeah. not saying anything. And they're all sort of like looking around like, who the fuck? Exactly. I just their, want to eat. Eating their soup. <laughs> haven't eaten in like two years. Looking at their multicoloured dresses. Yeah. Um, so I think we've already mentioned this, but Vin realises Breeze can soothe very subtly, unlike Kelsier. Um, she realises she needs to be trained by all the others who are masters at their own powers. We sort of went over that yeah. in, the, in the last one. Um, I think in the last one, Kelsey sort of suggests it, and yeah. this has been real, sort of seeing the benefit of that. Yeah, like, I need to do this if I want to be any good at this sort of stuff. This is where it gets, it sort of gets a little bit, I'm not going to say muddied, but it's, it might just be the way I've done my notes, but... You know, we sort of get this whole speech from Kelsia. That sort of stuff goes on. They recruit 20 people or whatever. Yeah, they get. there's a few people at the end yeah. that stay back. Um, and then, I, I don't know, some other stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelsia wonders where all the ATM coming into the city goes. Well, this was interesting. Yeah, so we kind of... Um, so we cut from the soup kitchen and then we're back at their, the workshop. Mm. And... It's a bit of an interesting scene, and like I say, it does sort of stand out. But yeah, so Kelsey is on the roof, That's and right. it's a flat roof, and they make a point about the fact that there's not many of them in the city because the ash yeah. clumps, so they have to clean it off. But you sort of almost get this kind of um, sort of looking at locations, isn't he? So you like he's staring at like the um, the ash mound, so the volcano. So he's to looking the north, at that, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he turns and looks at the um, the emperor's. Predict Shore was it the big yeah. like spire thing but it's like was it a hill of a thousand yeah. spires I mean god I want to see what that looks like mm. um, yeah it's quite interesting imagery I suppose yeah and just you sort of think that I just see almost <clears throat> a bit Lord of the Ringsy in the sense of mm. like I just imagine this enormous unwieldy towers and yeah. this big you know but obviously just lots of them mm. um, 
so we sort of get in that and then um yeah the old um your mate um Sazed. Sazed shows up climbs onto the old roof and they have a little chat about religion again uh, yeah a little talk he's a bit keen isn't he he's like honestly he's like a dog with two dicks this guy i think he's on commission mm must be <laughs> fuck it must be um, so he, they talk a little bit about religion and Sazed asks Kelsey what he believes in. Kelsey says he's not sure, but overthrowing the Empire is a good start. <laughs> <laughs> she actually thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it's about as subtle as a brick, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, um, but going back to the ATM... I was just going to say, sorry, part. I kind of pushed this on a bit too it's quickly right. then. So yeah. he wonders where all the ATM coming into the city goes. 90% of the world's ATM is stockpiled. Mm. So obviously they're getting it from this... The, the pits of half sin or whatever they call it the mines yeah they're bringing it into the city obviously in one of the previous chapters he goes in and gets some managed to obtain a little bit doesn't he mm. like a pouch full so where's this 90% well, of the rest of it and that was interesting because like this whole thing's built about them opening the treasury but you sort of realise now that they're just assuming that's where it is mm. Um yeah so what I thought was interesting about this, I mean, yeah, obviously, where is it? What's going on? This ATM is clearly going to be a huge plot point. Um, but, you know, they're referring to it as the 11th metal. Mm. Um, and, you know, it says that a misting misborn becomes all powerful if they're burning it. So I'm assuming it, it you know, it amplifies every ability. That's kind of how I think that's probably mm. going to go down. But for me, at my stage of the book, I find really interesting is that I don't know what the ninth and tenth metals are yet. So it's interesting mm. that we've got you know we've got the eight basics and we're talking about the eleventh. Yeah, because the other two were oh god, what did what did they call them? The other two were supposed to be like something metals. Mm. Remember we read that description in one of the previous. Yeah, I, I can't. Quite I don't remember, remember what it. they were now. Um, yeah, that's a good point. We still don't really know what the hell they are or what they're going to do. They're so gonna they're do. clearly going to be important at some point. Mm. But yeah, it's almost like ATM is kind of like the, you know, the, the super one that's going to trigger everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's interesting. Mm. Um, but I, I quite like this bit. And we sort of fleshed out the keepers a bit more. And this is where they talk about the fact that the Lord Ruler is scared of them. And um, actually... I've kind of made this point in the last chapter, but about how they're so powerful. But as far as I can tell at the moment, the only power they have is knowledge. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. It's just not much else. It's interesting. Yeah. There's probably more to them. Mm. He seems like there's something more to him than just what he is now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, very mysterious sort of dude, isn't he? And then what I've put from here is that, unless you've got any more points on this, is that we then move to another meeting. Another meeting? Yeah. Which which meeting? In the same chapter you're on about? In the same chapter. Which one was that? Was that when they were with... Um... They get the rest of the... So, um, Kelsey's brother's there. Oh, yeah. Vince, oh, uh... actually, yeah, I've got an interesting tidbit about this. Where we have Lester Bornes comes back, that little weird guy. Oh, is that the one with the funny yeah. accent? And he tells Vin that Mar- Marsh's nickname was Iron Eyes. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Doesn't go into much detail, but no. gives us a little bit of a bit of a, something to ponder. Yeah, well, some kind of <clears throat> connection with the stealing businesses. Mm. That's the first, like the initial sort of thought. Yeah. Just reading that, but yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I've got a couple of other little things I mean you just said about Bree, uh, sorry 
Sazed and Kelsia. For some reason, I've got a note about Breeze and Kelsia, and he's telling him that um, people are talking about the 11th metal and is worried the Lord Ruler might hear about it. But I think they're talking about, isn't it, that they're spreading rumours yeah, that Kelsia r- started. Yeah, so everything's getting a little bit like, oh, mm. you know, people are talking, it might go back to the Lord Ruler, what's going to happen, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I said like oh, they have another meeting it's just like again they're around the table yeah. discussing and it's just like oh. oh this is like this is like tables the series okay well so far okay I, I think anyway <laughs> it is you're right there's a, there's a lot of meetings but before we um, get into those meetings um, I think there's one last thing I've got here just about Kelsia um, and they're talking him and Breeze are talking about the Lord Ruler that I just mentioned before and Kelsia tells him he's going to pay the Lord Ruler a personal visit yes. very soon. I forgot. About I'm just that. like, what? Yeah. I okay. <laughs> I because I'm really excited about that. So I really want to meet this guy. Mm. He sat. I honestly, so, like, just how fucking evil the Lord Ruler sounds. He's right up my street. Can you imagine if it was literally just like a school ruler with a cloak on just stood up? <laughs> Like not a ruler, it's like a lord, but like a, an actual um, instrument for measuring. Like um... no, I got it. Sure, like <laughs> <laughs> well, like a bit like pencil vesta. Yeah, pencil vesta. Yeah, <laughs> little pair of glasses on because he's not all there. He's a bit, you know, a bit blind. Yeah, little cloak. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a razor. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, okay, so that happens. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see in the uh, in the future, and then we go on to your. Favorite parts of this whole series, which is a nice little meeting. A nice meeting, um, but yeah, it, this is a bit more how I would like a meeting to go in a book. It's just kind of really sharp and short. Everyone's everyone seems quite confident, even though they're clearly not doing well. They've hardly mm. got any people, um, but um, they've come with this problem, like trying to get. Uh, a spy into the ministry and they've never been able to do it and then mm. Ving comes up with this great idea harking back to earlier in the chapter where they were talking about having the canal boats coming in yes. and could they bribe um, somebody to let someone <clears throat> into like the acolytes which are going to the, the ministry and mm. you know that's Vin's actually proving her worth there and I quite like the you know the nod back to an earlier plot point back when um, we didn't really know what was going on mm. um, yeah. so I thought that was pretty cool and then we get another one straight away where um, it turns out that Canaan's hideout has been found by the ministry. Yes. Da, da, da. And that's the And that's the end of that chapter. That's the end of the chapter. So again, sort of gives us some interesting sort of things to think about for the next sort of few chapters. Um, whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean I think structurally this chapter was a tiny bit of a mess. Um, just Yeah, I I infinitely um, preferred it over the previous oh yes but i i agree with you it was a little bit very yeah, disjointed bit disjointed yeah so it's like i said before i find it a little bit um weird having read certain types of books quite a lot recently that there's so many different things happening in a single chapter mm. but you know previously it's kind of been we'll f- start halfway for a meeting and then we'll go somewhere else with this we actually get three distinct scenes we get the soup kitchen we get the roof of the building and then we get the meeting Mm. so a lot gets crammed in so do you think just from what we've read so far that this series could benefit 
maybe from more of like a structured POV thing where say for example like Song of Ice and Fire where we've got like Arya yeah Catelyn yeah so so maybe we just have Vin and we have everything that happens to her in that chapter and then the next chapter we have Kelsia etc or yeah I do I I think that I don't think like the chapter has to be called Vin I don't think it has to be that but just focus on one yeah I find like to me a chapter is a block of story Mm. that has a beginning and an end whereas with this it just sort of almost yeah. seems like I'm going to write 30 pages mm. and stop wherever I'm at. Yeah. Um, but the one good thing is I do find it very, like the chapters are easy to read and they are kind of like little stories in themselves. Yes. So that does, it does have some benefits. I just, like I say, it just seems a bit different to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. I'm, I'm ready for it to get going now. I really hope that in the next couple of chapters he does pay take the, uh, the pay the lord ruler a visit mm-hmm. or they we maybe visit the caves where they're training people yeah just something i'm i'm getting a bit fed up of meetings well there's whole actually quite a lot if you think about it that's sort of being set up so like you said we've got the caves we've got the lord ruler we've got like more to do with the atm vin's training um this whole thing with like the canal boats and her with, um pretending to be like the noble woman and stuff so there's quite a few ideas he's chucked in. It's just sort of paying off on those yeah, ideas. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, we're getting close to the middle of the book, so something mm. bad's going to have to happen pretty soon that yeah. they're going to have to overcome. So it's going to be interesting to see what that's going to be. I'm assuming this is the the um, hideout being found by the, mm-hmm. by the militia or the ministry. So that we've kind of... Uh, I've been reading too much about heroes' journeys, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of expecting it. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, but no, really enjoyed it. And again, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Yes, we do. Uh, we'll be back next week with chapters 11 and 12. Certainly will. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at The Broken Saber. Please send your feedback. Sorry, just going to butt in there. Probably shouldn't. We've been having a lot of activity on Twitter the last few days. Have we? Checking. Yeah, we've been getting some likes. We've been getting quite a few followers. Um, and it's, yeah. It's doing well. Brilliant. So, thank you. Like, If any of you have actually listened to this and gone and followed us or whatever, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We do. Thank you. Back to you. Thank you. And um, maybe we'll do some shout-outs next week if you have time. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed doing some shout-outs. Yeah. So, um, maybe we'll say now if anyone sort of likes us or tweets us or whatever within you know after this has gone out, uh, we'll give you a shout-out on the next episode. Yeah, something like that. But bear in mind, this is coming from the same man who hasn't uploaded our Christmas special yet, so we're not making any promises. Agreed. (laughs) So, as always, thank you. I've been Tom. I've been Matt. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. The Broken Sable is created by Tom, Matt and Ian. It's written, presented and produced by Matt and Tom, and our equipment and studio were provided by Ian. Our theme music is by Phantom Eck, and our Mistborn logo artwork is by Marcella Marts. Listen to us on Spotify, Google or Apple Podcasts, and find us on Twitter at The Broken Saber. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week, you bloody legends.